In recent episodes of the podcast, we have been considering the nature of the authority, inerrancy, clarity, necessity, efficacy, and sufficiency of Holy Scripture for the care and the cure of the soul. Well, in the context of this conversation, oftentimes the question, or maybe even the objection is raised, doesn't God provide his common grace for all people everywhere, unbelievers included, uh, outside of the gospel, outside of the Bible, that they might engage in counseling, in the care and the cure of the soul? How do we respond to the question about the doctrine known as common grace? We're going to look into that in this episode. Common grace refers to the innumerable and immeasurable ways that God blesses all people apart from salvation in Christ. The Bible calls God the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe, 1 Timothy 4.10. It's a fascinating use of language, indicating that there are indeed ways that God rescues, defends, preserves, and generally extends his undeserved kindness toward all people, believers and unbelievers alike. For example, the Bible cites instances of God's careful intervention in people's lives to keep them from sinning in particular ways. So Genesis 4.15, Genesis 11.6-9, Genesis 20, verse 6. In these situations, the beneficiaries were unbelievers who experienced God's common grace. In other places, we're reminded that God causes the sun to shine rain to fall, crops to grow, food to be found for people the world over, both for saints and for sinners. Matthew 5, 43 to 45, Acts 14, 16 to 17, Psalm 145, verse 9, Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. It's also true that God's common grace extends to the life of the mind and that he enables people to think, observe, create, and even experience conviction in the moral dimension with regard to right and wrong. And this can be quite apart from the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 1 verse 9, Romans chapter 2 verses 14 and 15, Romans 1.32, Luke 6.33. We refer to all of this activity of God as common grace. It's common in that it's found as the shared experience of all people, regardless of whether or not they have saving faith in Christ. Furthermore, it's grace, not because it's salvific in any ultimate sense, but rather because it is unmerited favor from God to people who only deserve his judgment. The truth of God's common grace in the world is a reality for which all people, especially believers, ought to give thanks and praise to him. When it comes now to the matter of the ability of secular, unbelieving psychologists or counselors or therapists to understand true information about the human condition, the scriptural doctrine of God's common grace is a great help to biblical counselors. Since we know that God, through his common grace, enables all people to exercise countless aptitudes and abilities, we ought to expect this reality to be brought to bear even in the work of unbelieving scholars and practitioners in the field of mental health. 
Heath Lambert suggests three levels at which biblical counselors may analyze the contributions of secular psychologists in this area. The first level is observation. The second is interpretation. And the third is intervention. We'll take each in turn. The first and most helpful engagement that secular psychologists are able to provide is at the level of observation. Lambert notes the following, quote, the observations of psychologists consist of the information they come to know through their careful work. These observations are reported to us and demand our attention and evaluation, end quote. The second way that psychologists interact with data about the human condition is at the level of interpretation. Now, this occurs when their observations aren't simply reported, but also explained, elucidated, and expounded. It's here where the doctrine of common grace provides less encouragement. For the mere existence of common grace is not a guarantee that the psychologist's interpretation of the data on the observation of human behavior, for example, will be accurate. The third engagement that secular psychologists provide is at the level of intervention. In other words, there comes a point when theory gives way to practice, or in the words of Heath Lambert, where, quote, secular psychology produces the secular therapies, end quote. This third and final level of engagement is where secular psychologists have the least to offer and potentially stand to do the most harm. Even if an unbelieving psychologist's observations about the human condition are sound, we cannot be certain that the same will hold true for their interpretations, much less for their interventions. Thus, while the biblical doctrine of God's common grace provides some encouragement for the biblical counselor seeking to learn and to sift the observations of secular psychologists, it's important for us as believers to remember that common grace does not protect these individuals from error. The only authoritative, inerrant, clear, necessary, efficacious, and sufficient source in the world for such an endeavor are the Holy Scriptures. Grace and peace.